Hey guys. So quick little update. My eye has been twitching literally for the past week nonstop and I don't really know what's going on, but you know, we're getting through and if that's all that's going on in my life, you know, that's bringing me down, then I guess life is pretty good. Welcome to the Wellness and Chill podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Schultz, certified nutrition coach specializing in helping women gain muscle, take care of their gut health, and gain confidence along the way. Each episode, I'll be discussing wellness topics ranging from nutrition, fitness, mental health, and how we can all work to get closer to our authentic selves. I might even bring on a few special guests along the way. Thanks for taking the time to listen today, and I can't wait to get into the episode. I'm super excited for this episode today, um, as I'm excited for all of them, but today we're going to be talking about the problems with the diet culture, uh, kind of just digging deep into that, and also debunking some common nutrition myths and misconceptions that you guys have actually sent in. Um, If you're not following Wellness and Chill Pod on Instagram, definitely do that. I will leave all of the handles in the show notes as usual. And also, if you guys have been enjoying this podcast, it would mean a lot if you can go into Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this, and either rate it a five star or give me a review because I love reading the reviews and I've been getting a lot of great feedback in DMs and it would just really help kind of the algorithm with everything and helping my podcast reach more people. So today I just got back from a chiropractor appointment, which are always amazing. Literally, I feel like a new person every time I come home from the chiropractor. Um, And I also scheduled a massage for later in this week because I've been dealing with a pinched nerve in my neck, which has really kind of been shooting down even into my arm. And it's been a lot better, honestly, since I just went to the chiropractor and I'm super excited for the massage. I haven't had a massage in years, so it's going to be absolutely to die for. So I cannot wait. And that's basically the highlight of my week. Um, But yeah, that's kind of what's going on here. Going to the gym later. Super excited. Um, It's a rainy day here, but that's okay. We're not letting the rain bring us down. So let's get into today's episode, which is the problem with diet culture. And I kind of looked into this a little bit more just to get an actual definition from online. And online, they describe diet culture as being the belief that appearance and body shape are more important than physical, psychological, and general well-being. The idea that controlling your diet by limiting what and how much you eat is normal. So there's a lot to unpack there, definitely. Um, but let's just kind of take it apart piece by piece, because I think that diet culture has become so normalized, almost just not even like through social media and stuff like that. I find that a lot of times these types of beliefs are actually passed down through generations and are kind of put onto people, you know, through their parents or their grandparents And it's not, you know, done through any ill will. It's truly just a lack of nutritional education a lot of the times that, 
you know, diet culture has been around for so long and just gets passed down and passed down. And I find it really interesting. Um, But yeah, the belief that appearance and body shape are more important than physical, psychological, and general well-being. And this is so true. You know, a lot of the times you see on social media where people are so No, not even social media, honestly. Like, even if social media didn't exist, diet culture would still be a thing. So taking social media, honestly, out of the equation, just personal belief that how you look is more important than your overall health. And you guys know that, you know, health over aesthetics is like my new thing. Like, I have always felt as though I was striving to change my body to look a certain way. And over the years, I've truly kind of turned that around and am focusing so much more on, you know, working out to create longevity, like, and working out to support myself and my body and be healthy rather than trying to, you know, kill myself every day in the gym just to look a certain way or eat a certain way in order for me like to gain weight. Like for me, I would put my kind of end goal of gaining weight and looking a certain way over my health. So when I was starting out in my fitness journey, like I wanted to gain weight. So I was just eating everything and anything that was in sight. And it didn't matter if it was healthy or not. It didn't matter if it was, you know, fast food multiple times per day. In my mind, I just wanted to look a certain way so bad that if that meant completely neglecting my overall health and then so be it. That's what I was going to do. And that is what I did, you know, in the very beginning before I got into the nutrition aspect of things, I was just so focused on, you know, appearance and achieving a specific body shape and that in itself, you know, diet culture. A lot of the times I think diet culture is kind of more geared towards people who are trying to be skinny or trying to become super thin. Um, There's a lot of restriction, I think, that goes along with that. Restricting your food, uh, not providing your body with all the nutrients it needs just because, you know, you're trying to get skinny or trying to lose weight and that is more important to you, you know, than your overall health. So it can be sneaky in the way it presents itself. And I'm going to get into a lot of different examples of kind of how diet culture shows up and a lot of people, you know, play into it without even realizing it. So it's really tricky. It can be really tricky. But the second part of that definition is the idea that controlling your diet by limiting what and how much you eat is normal. And this has become so normalized. You know, you see, now we're going to go into social media just a little bit (laughs) because I think that with the rise of social media, you're able to see so many different people, so many different influencers or people who call themselves influencers online, you know, who are presenting a specific lifestyle of eating or I see it a lot with the what I eat in the days on, you know, YouTube or Instagram where people are posting like, oh, this is what I eat in a day as a 1200 calorie diet, Um, which some people don't realize like you need more than 1200 calories a day 
to be healthy. Like that's something that, you know, maybe a toddler would eat. Like you need more food than that in order to, you know, support all of your bodily systems and everything like that in a very healthy and stable way. So I think that the idea of limiting their food or limiting maybe what they eat, I see a lot of times people are cutting out specific food groups because they think, oh, if I cut, you know, all carbs out, then I'm going to become skinny. And like you need carbs like that. This is a huge thing that I'm going to get into because that um, is one thing that popped up a lot when I asked the question of what is like the craziest nutrition myth you've heard or the most common nutrition misconception that you hear. And so many people wrote in saying that, you know, carbs make you fat or carbs make you gain weight. Carbs are bad. Um, but that's just one example. People, you know, cutting out specific food groups in hopes to lose weight and, you know, kind of glorifying that in a way and saying that it's normal and it's healthy when it's not. That's what diet culture wants you to think. But it's not that way at all. And it's pretty sad because, you know, I think diet culture kind of makes people feel as though nutrition is this super difficult thing and makes it seem confusing. And, you know, the whole basis of nutrition is actually quite simple as far as, you know, calories in, calories out. Um, like if you once you learn about nutrition, it's so easy to see that, you know, you don't need to cut out specific food groups in order to achieve a specific body type or anything like that. Like restriction is never the answer in my mind, unless it's it's kind of due to a specific health concern. You know, if you have actual allergies to wheat or celiac or allergies to dairy but if you don't have these types of things, then it's definitely not necessary or even desirable to cut out these food groups. So, and like I said, a lot of times I think these things can be passed down through generations and aren't even, you know, no ill will at all. This is what people think is healthy. This is what people think is normal, but it's really not. <laughs> and that's where diet culture can get sneaky. But some examples of, you know, what diet culture may look like, honestly, one is just labeling a specific food as good or bad. And I think this is something we have all done. I mean, myself included. Um, but honestly, taking anything away from my nutrition classes in college is that no one food is bad. Bad. Like there's no such thing as a bad food. It's all about moderation. It's all about, you know, just being mindful of what you're putting in your body. But there's nothing that's bad when eaten in moderation. And I remember in my nutrition class, I think the teacher said there's no bad food out there except hot dogs. She had something against hot dogs, but I guess, you know, you don't really know what's in hot dogs. There's so many different preservatives and things that just aren't you know good for the body in any way but every food does serve a purpose you know and can fill a specific place in your life so that's why you know labeling one specific food as bad or good 
like that can be a problem or even healthy and unhealthy. Like there's definitely foods that have, you know, more nutrients than others. There's definitely foods that may have a little bit more, you know, sugar than others. But, you know, when you're looking at your diet, like we need sugar every once in a while. We use that as, you know, fuel, as energy. And, you know, eating a cupcake every once in a while, like that's not bad, honestly. Like that's pretty good, like to be able to include foods that you really enjoy into your diet with moderation that, you know, make you feel good. They don't cause any actual damage to your body, you know, again, unless you have like a specific gluten allergy or are lactose intolerant or whatever it may be. But labeling specific food groups as good and bad can be a huge problem. Um, And not only can it negatively like affect your physical well-being to be restrictive or buying into diet culture, but it also takes a huge toll on your mental health and just constantly focusing on, oh, like I just ate that cupcake, like now my whole diet's over or my whole, you know, day is ruined. So I might as well just binge on everything else that's in sight. And just having that mindset can be, take a huge toll on a person. And it all just starts with being mindful and, you know, rewiring our brains to not necessarily fear food or fear to specific, you know, food group or whatever it might be. Um, But yeah, another huge example that I see is having the idea that you have to basically earn food or you have to kind of punish yourself if you eat a specific food. So for example, you might feel as though that you overindulged over the holiday and now tomorrow you have to punish yourself, so to speak, by going on the treadmill for two hours to burn off those calories that you consumed. Or that you have to go on the elliptical for 30 minutes today in order to earn a cupcake later on. Or just kind of having that negative balance and mindset around food that you have to earn it or, you know, you have to punish yourself. Like, oh, I just hate that mindset. And I've been there at a specific point in my life. I remember when I was kind of transitioning from, okay, yeah, I ate all my McDonald's and had this kind of unhealthy relationship with food where I was putting aesthetics over overall health. And eventually, you know, that did catch up with me and I gained that weight, but it wasn't necessarily in all the places that I wanted to. So, you know, after college, I put on that freshman 15 and that summer then I was kind of really closely tracking my calories. And um, if I was wanted a cupcake later on, I'm like, well, I don't have enough calories for that cupcake later on unless I go on the treadmill for an hour, then I can have it later, then I deserve it. And, you know, it's so sneaky, something like that, you know, people might not even think twice about, they're like, oh yeah, like if I eat this, then I'm going to have to burn it off later or do a little bit extra cardio or do an extra day at the gym this week when it doesn't really fit into my schedule or I don't feel like it. And it's just so toxic, 
even without you realizing it. And that's, again, it can be so sneaky and tricky to kind of even identify at times. Um, But also going into that is like feeling guilty for eating certain foods. Like you don't have to feel guilty if you ate a little bit extra bread when you were at Olive Garden the other day. Like that is okay. Like as long as, you know, you're not eating to the point where you're sick or you're not feeling so great after eating like physically, then, you know, eat the extra bread. Like it's good for you. It's good for your mind. It's good for your soul. Like it's good for your body. And, you know, carbs are not the enemy. Carbs are never the enemy. And if you're ever trying to build muscle, carbs are definitely your best friend. If you're active, carbs are your best friend. It's, you know, the first line of energy that your body uses when you're exercising to help fuel your workout and get a good workout in. Um, But another kind of even example of diet culture is just feeling unworthy because of, you know, whatever body shape you have. Like maybe you don't have the body shape that fits, you know, the normal beauty standards that you see on social media or on TV, or maybe you have a little bit extra weight on you that you're not too, you know, happy about, or maybe you're, maybe don't have the curves or don't have, you know, the butt that everyone wants. And just feeling unworthy because you don't fit that mold or you have a specific body type that isn't, you know, as often represented in the media, like that is a sign of diet culture playing a role right there because diet culture is making you feel unworthy and makes you feel as though that you have to change the way that you're eating or restrict what you're eating in order to obtain the specific body type or appearance that you want and that is the most important over your physical health and that's what kind of diet culture is making tricking your brain into feeling so those are really common examples of how diet culture is kind of playing a role in uh, pretty much everyone's life everyone's been you know has felt these ways from time to time and I mean I still do you know we're surrounded by these thoughts and beliefs and it's honestly just a constant um, retraining of your brain to be like no like this cupcake is not bad I don't have to feel guilty for eating this cupcake I don't have to work harder at the gym tomorrow because I ate this cupcake If I want to work harder in the gym tomorrow because I have extra fuel from this cupcake, then so be it. But, and that's the thing, like this food is going to provide you fuel. It's all rewiring your brain into seeing it as, you know, a positive instead of a negative, which I know can be difficult to do and definitely, you know, takes months, even years to fully, you know, get out of that. And it's difficult. I mean, we've been doing this for our entire life is, you know, feeling certain ways towards certain foods or whatever it might be. But, you know, the scary and dark side of diet culture is it causes so many, you know, people to really restrict, can cause eating disorders, you know, really mess with people's mental health. So again, it's affecting your physical, it's affecting your mental Um, and just overall mood. So it can really take a negative effect. And honestly, I think like giving in to this diet culture and, you know, 
feeling unworthy because of your body shape or, you know, trying so hard on focusing on achieving a specific appearance instead of focusing on, you know, supporting your body, fueling it, being healthy, then this is honestly like giving in to the beauty standards, giving in to this diet culture, and it's further reinforcing it too. You know, if you feel as though that you can only look this way in order to feel worthy, then everyone's going to try and look this way. And, you know, you're going to pass that on to your kids and people around you, younger siblings, cousins, like people who look up to you are going to say, well, if she's trying so hard and she's restricting in order to, you know, reach whatever goal it is, you know, physically, then maybe this is what I have to be doing too. Or, you know, she's not eating those cupcakes after dinner. Um, maybe I shouldn't either. And it's just further reinforcing that, you know, it's more important to look a certain way than catering to your overall health. Now, one thing that I can say is that I have been loving that a lot of women now are becoming less afraid of like strength training and are training to build muscle and build strength and aren't as focused on, you know, becoming skinny. Like skinny isn't necessarily healthy. And I think a lot of people are seeing that. And I've been seeing a lot more girls in like the weight section at the gym who are trying to fuel their body to get in good workouts are focusing on being healthy and strong. And I love that. And I also love the increase of like inclusion in the media. Uh, all more body types are being represented, more people of different races and ethnicities and, you know, even religions and um, everything like that are being represented more, um, but I clearly do see like we have a long way to go because, you know, some brands are making these switches, which I love, um, but there's also, it's also kind of the minority, you know, like it's not the majority yet. And I'm hoping that, you know, I think our generation is honestly really great at being proactive and making changes and, you know, putting our foot down honestly and like calling out bullshit when we see it and I love that about our generation and with that being said like I hope that we continue to you know see the importance in include inclusion and um, representation in the media and especially in like ads and campaigns online and I really love you know what I'm seeing we just need to see a lot more of it in order to kind of squash the idea that there is one set of beauty standards and this is what you want to look like or have to look like in order to be loved in order to feel worthy in order to be beautiful and I love that and I think that you know with our um with when we join forces and really kind of like I said put our foot down like we are able to get there but you know it does take time and we have a long way to go but with all of that talk on diet culture, I do kind of want to switch over and look at some of the um, responses I got on social media about what your craziest, you know, health mis myth or misconception is that you've heard or some of the most common ones. And like I said, by far, carbs are bad. Here we have that carbs equal weight gain, um, thoughts on the keto diet, and all of those you know, I'm happy that we are recognizing these as myths and misconceptions, but there's a lot of people who, 
you know, don't and still think that, you know, carbs make you fat or eating a carb is going to make you gain weight. When in reality, simply put, carbs are a macronutrient that our body needs a lot of. And all of the macronutrients, that's like what the body needs the most of. So we need our protein, we need our carbs, and we need our fat. And carbs are in there. So by restricting our carbs, we are taking away a huge energy energy source for our body to go to the gym. Honestly, just do any physical activity and even just, you know, do our daily activities. You know, it doesn't even have to be anything strenuous or crazy. And by taking that away... Um, it's making our body feel lethargic, it's making us feel tired, um, and there's honestly no point in getting rid of carbs. Carbs are not going to make you gain weight, carbs are not going to, you know, make you fat, um, no macronutrient on its own is going to make you gain weight. It's all about, you know, how many calories you're eating in a day, um, and whether that is going over, you know, how much you need that day, uh, or not. And that's, you know, what makes you gain weight or lose weight is all about calories. So carbs are not going to make you fat. (laughs) So, and as far as the keto diet goes, I had a question on that thoughts on the keto diet and the keto diet is actually made for people who have epilepsy. And for some reason, restriction of carbs really helps people kind of manage epilepsy. That was a way that kind of a treatment that people were using, a natural treatment to help people who, you know, had seizures. But for the average healthy, you know, individual, they do not need to go on the keto diet. Um, Yeah, maybe going keto is going to make you lose weight. But the only reason that is, is because you are restricting, which we don't want to (laughs) do. So restriction of any macronutrient will most likely cause you to lose weight just because you're naturally eating less and which we're not promoting. But the keto diet in itself Like I said, there are negative side effects that can come out of that as well. So I never recommend the keto diet to any, you know, anybody. I am always focused on a balanced diet um, and eating, you know, foods that you enjoy that you may not see as healthy, you know, always incorporating, you know, snacks that you really enjoy including all of the food groups, unless you have an actual health issue that makes you not able to eat those. Um, And yeah, but no, I would never recommend a keto diet to anybody. Yes, you will lose weight, but it's also extremely unsustainable and it's not something that you would even want to sustain because again, you need, your body needs carbs because carbs convert to glucose, which your body needs in order to fuel your body so and then here's another one fats make you fat that's another thing like there are different types of fat um some are a little bit better than others you know saturated and trans fat are more are closely linked to you know cardiovascular issues diabetes and more health issues when eaten in excess and that does Um, show up a lot in, you know, your cakes, your snacks. Um, But like looking at unsaturated fats, such as avocados or salmon, like 
our brain loves them and fats will not make you fat even saturated and trans fat won't make you fat but they will um they do often you know have higher calories and foods that contain saturated and trans fat again are usually like the cakes the cupcakes and people tend to overeat on those things because they have just those um like those feel good chemicals where it's hard to control yourself around those types of food but that on its own will not make you gain weight um like i said what makes you gain weight is just eating large amounts of these um which are high in calories and that's what makes you gain weight not the fat itself in the item um another person said that there's one specific diet that works for everyone so yeah There is no one specific diet that works for everyone. Everyone has different needs. Everyone has different, you know, calorie goals, macronutrient goals. Everyone needs, you know, different nutrients. Some people may need more based on, you know, if they're vegan um, or if they are, you know, vegetarian. And there's no one specific diet. What may work for one person may not work for another person. And that's okay. And I think, you know, there's beauty in that too, is just listening to your body, seeing what you respond well to, seeing what you don't respond well to, you know, and just playing around. And, you know, I think sometimes people will say, well, I'm having these symptoms. I don't know what food's causing it. And in that case, I often recommend to do like an elimination diet. So what that would look like is kind of cutting back on your added sugars, cutting back on your saturated fats, just cutting back on honestly processed foods and focusing more on a whole foods diet. So fruits, vegetables, um, meats if you're um, not vegan or vegetarian, eggs sometimes, but sometimes, you know, eggs can be a trigger for some people. So if you think that eggs might do it, also excluding those And focusing just on sort of like a paleo diet and just a whole foods diet. And then once you do that for a few weeks, then you can slowly start introducing different foods back in. So then you might, you know, start introducing maybe a few of your favorite foods and seeing if you react to that in a negative way. Um, But yeah, everyone's body is so different. And that's why there's no, you know, one size fits all diet for everybody. Um, here's one that says a 500 calorie diet heard it from my science teacher first so that's definitely a problem and that science teacher um, probably one wasn't educated in nutrition and two probably should not be saying these types of things especially to kids who are so impressionable um, and will actually you know listen to the teacher figure honestly and restrict to 500 calories that's honestly the lowest i've ever heard i have definitely heard of people you know a thousand calories 1200 calories and nobody should be eating a thousand calorie diet a day i mean that again that's like toddler stuff no 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 Honestly, no woman should be eating under 1,500 calories a day, and that's at the low end. And no man should be, you know, eating, again, I guess like under 1,500, but that's low. And your body needs more. Like, we're grown adults here. (laughs) We need food. But please, 
nobody do 500 calorie diet a day. That's what I eat in breakfast alone, honestly. So yeah, definitely no. Um, here's another one. Drinking apple cider vinegar makes you burn body fat. I know there was like a time where people were kind of on this apple cider vinegar craze and apple cider vinegar definitely does have its benefits, but it's not going to affect, you know, burning body fat. Apple cider vinegar can be great to drink, um, you know, in the morning to help just increase stomach acid, which can help you break down your food better and can help with digestion, um, but not burning body fat. I don't even know what kind of evidence would be out there that would make that make any sense. Um, but, you know, there's always people out there who are coining these different, you know, trends and then everyone's just sort of starts to follow and that's social media for you. Um, and another one we have here is fasting as a myth. And this is actually an interesting one because fasting honestly can have some benefits, um, but not fasting. This is kind of left very unspecific. I don't exactly know. There's so many different types of fasting. You know, there's intermittent fasting where people may choose to, you know, stop eating at eight o'clock at night and then just not eat until 8 a.m. the next day. And that I don't think there's anything wrong with. Um, it gives your body, you know, enough time to fully digest your food. It gives your digestion just a little bit of time to chill out. Um, lets your migrating motor complex, you know, do its thing, clean out all of the extra, you know, waste or bacteria that might make its way up into the small intestine. It pushes everything down. So there are some benefits, I think, in short-term fasting, but anything where you're like fasting for, you know, days at a time, I personally don't agree with that. I know there's so many like mixed opinions about this and I have like read different things and watched different videos and, you know, everyone, like I said, has mixed opinions. Some people swear by it. It's something I would never recommend someone do. Um, personally for me, I like to fast about four hours between each meal. And that is again, just letting my body kind of finish its digestion and then give it a break before I, you know, continuously eat and eat and eat because that's what I used to do. And I personally think that's why I developed SIBO, small intestinal over bacteria overgrowth in the past, because I wasn't giving my body time to fully digest, fully clean itself, you know, between meals. And that's what works for me. And honestly, I do recommend that to a lot of people, you know, just four hours, try not to, you know, snack heavy. Um, and if it's three hours, it's three hours. You know, if you get hungry, eat, obviously, you know, I never want anyone starving themselves or feeling as though they can't eat when they're hungry. And I think that is like, the main takeaway of this whole episode, honestly, is like if you're hungry, there is no reason why you can't eat or why you shouldn't eat. And if anyone's telling you otherwise, I think it's important to take a look and think, why am I eating this way or why am I thinking this way? You know, who told me that I can't eat right now or what's making me feel as though that, you know, I have to wait until, you know, morning to eat or I have to wait a few more hours. If you're hungry, eat. Your body is telling you what it needs and your body is, you know, 
gives you all of the signals you need. So I think honestly, that is like a huge takeaway. If you're hungry, there's no reason why you shouldn't eat unless you don't have access to food in that moment. Um, But that's where I'm going to leave it today. I don't want this episode to run too long, but I think those are all really kind of important things to just keep in mind. And thank you to everyone who did write in with those misconceptions that they heard of. I think that they are really common. Um, And a lot of people, you know, take them Bible. You know, they think that that is the answer. And by, you know, omitting these things or following these specific diets that they're going to reach this specific body goal. And the thing is, even if you follow these diets, as soon as you stop, like it's all going to just go back to where you started. So they're not sustainable. And a lot of times people will do these things and then they yo-yo diet basically where, you know, they do it, this diet, they lose the weight. As soon as they stop, they gain the weight back plus more. And that's just because whenever you feel deprived, it's your body's natural instinct to overeat to help, you know, conserve extra energy for a time when maybe you're not going to eat or you're going to restrict again. It's, you know, just built in by nature. So that's how all of that works. And nutrition doesn't have to be complicated. It's diet culture that, you know, tricks you into thinking that it has to be complicated. And if you want to, you know, eat healthier, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, setting a goal to eat healthier. But it's also important that, you know, if you eat a cupcake or an extra piece of pizza when you're out one night to not feel guilty about it. Because, I mean, life is way too short to, you know, prioritize looking a certain way and, like, it's way too short to prioritize that over, you know, enjoying yourself or, you know, going out with your friends and getting ice cream, you know, (laughs) like, don't turn that down because you feel as though that ice cream is bad and then you're going to feel guilty and then, you know, in turn unworthy. So don't be so hard on yourself. You know, we're all out here just trying to figure it out and be the best version of ourselves that we can be. And I think it starts with just recognizing these things and recognizing diet culture in everyday life and just kind of picking it out because like I said it can be sneaky so that's my main takeaway for today um again if you guys are liking this please you know send me a dm um tag me in any stories that you might post regarding the podcast give it a five-star review on spotify leave a review on apple and i really genuinely um, appreciate everyone who is listening so thank you so much and I can't wait to talk to you guys soon